Welcome to the Boulder Bassoon Quartet Podcast. Secret silent version. Live from Tokyo. Well, not not live. live. Recorded <laughs> from Tokyo. Recorded on, on a balcony in Tokyo at 10.10 p.m. And there's sort of an unwritten curfew, so we're all talking super quiet. It's a super secret podcast. Huddle up, kids. Gather under the sheets. Tell us a story, Uncle Brian. Hold a flashlight up under your face. <laughs> Once there was a bassoon quartet, and there was a guy named Michael. He was the dark one. <laughs> I'm Brian. I'm Count. I'm Ethan. I'm Michael, the dark one. And today is a very special episode because not only are we in Tokyo, but we have a special guest with us as well. And that is... I'm Andrea. And who is Andrea? Who am I? <laughs> Ethan, can you shed some light on this? <laughs> Andrea is my lovely wife. Andrea yep. has <laughs> made the journey to Tokyo with Ethan. Andrea has been enduring her first <laughs> Double Reef Society conference. And she held up like a champ. More than I can say. <laughs> it helped out a lot with wardrobe issues. Malfunctions. Yeah, yes. ironing. So today is Wednesday night. The conference started this past Saturday. And we've seen a ton of outstanding performances. Mm-hmm. What were your standout favorite performances? Mine was the Boulder Bassoon Quartet. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Please say that into the microphone. <laughs> Definitely the Boulder Bassoon Quartet. <laughs> So I've got a couple. I wish I could remember the name of the principal bassoonist from the Tokyo Metropolitan Symphony. The woman who played last night was crazy good. Oh, this was the unaccompanied solo? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that one, too. She played a new piece by a Japanese composer for unaccompanied bassoon. It was outstanding. The piece was bananas. Exceptionally difficult. There was a guy who played, un- it was accompanied only by a percussion percussion instrument, and it was a different percussion instrument for each movement, and each movement was a different uh, national style of piece, and he played some amazing stuff in that piece. I like that a lot. And that guy was from Minnesota. Yeah. Ethan. <laughs> I really enjoyed Daryl Hale. He played some great stuff. I also enjoyed Daryl's performance. Yeah, really good performance, solo bassoon stuff, and uh, really interesting multiphonics and extended techniques and things like that. So it was great. Well, I had the great pleasure of hearing a French bassoon quartet. And man, those guys. They really brought it. They totally rocked out. They played some pieces written by one of their teachers. And I might try to get a hold of them and see if we can get some of that music. They were excellent. How did you... What were they labeled in the program? Because I didn't see French Le bassoon Franck quartet. Le Franck bassoon. Yeah. Le Franck Oh, man. I feel that I missed out not getting to see them. Yeah, they were a hell of a thing. I mean, somebody's got to give a shout to Sophie Dar- 
D'Artiga Long. D'Artiga Long. Yeah. Yeah, so probably the big celebrity. Uh, Definitely the superstar of this particular conference. Sophie, a French bassoonist who recently, I believe, became principal bassoon of the Vienna Phil, one of the world's all-time greatest orchestras. We saw her, Mike and I saw her do a master class, and even though she was speaking French and it was being translated into Japanese, we could still pretty well follow along with what she was getting at. And she would play once in a while. And then I, we saw her play a little bit of chamber music, and then tonight in the big gala concert, she played a concerto by Tomasi. And uh, she uh, played the pants off that thing. So, anyway, she's got this beautiful dark tone. I'm not usually, you know, I don't usually go for the dark tone, but this is really, really nice. She plays on a Puchner, and uh, she just all, she makes it sound so effortless. She's probably like 25 years old or something. Yeah, I think that's about right. And when she was finished playing, I happened to be in the lobby taking care of the baby. She walked out into the lobby, and like this group of people quickly gathered around her, like, like she was a celebrity, which you know, in bassoon world, she is. So that was pretty cool. And your child has a selfie with <laughs> Sophie. Oh yeah, selfies with Sophie. Yeah, this True. is going to become a trend. I thought the bassoonist who opened the concert tonight, she played the Jolie Bay Concerto. She was really good. No, she was dynamite, also. And she was only like 19. Really? Yeah, that's what Cody was saying. She's very young. That's just not fair. <laughs> yeah. So she is this, the daughter of like a well-known, amazing bassoon teacher, or maybe two. So she's kind of like a poster child for the whole 10,000 hours of deliberate yeah. practice idea. Which is why at the age of 19 she can play in front of 1,000 people, one of the most ridiculously challenging chairs ever. In front of a thousand oboe and bassoon players. Yeah. yeah. So this is this episode of the podcast is really just to kind of wrap everything up because for the last three years we've mm-hmm. been working on this project. Quite a real way. The end of the project is the performance that we just gave tonight. We commissioned the pieces, recorded an album, performed them throughout Colorado, and took the show on the road, and just today performed here in Tokyo. First international performance for the Bowler Bassoon Quartet. By the way, they announced before tonight's big show that uh, it's official. In 2018, the conference will be in Spain. Nice. And so we commence the new three-year project. (laughs) (laughs) We had a a good uh, five-hour break. (laughs) Let's Let's go. Go to the cat cafe and get started again. (laughs) (laughs) Our performance, I think, was quite well attended. Mm -hmm. Much bigger audience than our last IDRS conference performance, which was in Mm -hmm. an attic in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. There was, I think, some air conditioning in the room. However, (laughs) you'd never know it. Did not make it up on stage, no. Outside, it was probably like 90 degrees super humid inside is probably 88 degrees <laughs> super humid yeah. uh, we were dripping with sweat it's like playing in a terrarium or something you know yeah. one of those things we played through the entire album 46 minutes of music or whatever it is which is quite a feat in and of itself 52 minutes 
Was that? We did it in 52 minutes. We, yeah, we plowed right through it. We yeah. did not waste any time. It went well. And I think my favorite part of the whole thing is that when we were finished, we went to the dressing room to put our stuff away. Two guys showed up. And they said, where is composer? <laughs> and we pointed at Kent, like, him, take him. <laughs> Don't hurt us, take him. <laughs> and it turns out the one guy was the principal bassoonist of the St. Petersburg Philharmonic in Russia. Oh. Yeah. And the other guy, I'm not, I can't really remember, he might have said Hungary or something. You think he said Hungary, Israel? Israel, I don't Israel. remember which one. Another Eastern European so you're listening. Yeah, sure. He said that they loved Kent's music and wanted to get a hold of it. I thought that was pretty neat. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great. Anytime a bassoonist from a big orchestra will talk to me, I'm, I'm pretty psyched. <laughs> Even if they're not actually talking to you in the restaurant... Later, we were eating no. some dumplings, no, no. and these very friendly, very loud American musicians came in, and one of the guys first first looked at our table and immediately said, oh, is the gyoza good? And, and so I heard, you guys sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> so Kent said, oh, thanks. <laughs> I put my foot in my mouth pretty good. Uh, it doesn't matter. That guy just... wasn't actually paying attention to us anyway. That's true. You should just do that for the rest of your stay in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you like some ramen? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Are you going up in this elevator? Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, we did play well. Yes, yeah, it's a good piece that I wrote. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been here for what, like three weeks. Mike showed up. A week early. Yeah. Yeah. And Ethan and Andrea have been here a couple weeks. weeks. Yeah. You got here about a week ago. Yep. About a week ago. So now that we're old experts in Japan, <laughs> um, most of you guys are going home tomorrow. So what's been your favorite part of the trip? What's been your overall impressions of Japan? Right now, we are sitting in one of the world's biggest cities. Oh, it's not one of the world's. Well, again, it depends on how you measure this stuff. Okay. <laughs> but what sound do you hear right now? The air conditioner. <laughs> and the cricket. crickets. Which is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crickets. I don't hear any car horns or cars. Nope. I once heard an ambulance. And if we went for like a 15, 20-minute walk, we would be in this ridiculously bright, busy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Times Square-esque. Yeah, it'd be just absolutely crazy. Shinjuku Station. Yeah. Well, I'm a little bit beyond Shinjuku Station, Station is... Shibuya? No, no, no. That's the other yes. way. Um, Kabukicho. And that's like the red light district. But apparently the part where we went, like it wasn't really like a bad thing in any way. And if we'd have gone just a few more blocks, it would have been a legit, you know, more interesting part of town. But anyway, well, you were talking about so, uh, only being able to hear crickets, and I think that's one of the interesting things um, I've discovered about it is you can go into these, I don't know, there's just these little pocket neighborhoods everywhere in this town, and they each seem to have, I think Mike was saying this too, 
Um, they have their own little character to them. I think that's pretty cool. In the middle of this gargantuan beast of a, of a city, there's these nice little neighborhoods, which is pretty neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they have a very old style about them. Like the other night, I went walking around to Shinjuku. No, uh, Hara, Harajuku. Harajuku, which has all these bright lights and all this stuff. And then you go, you finish a block, and there's like the Gap and Nike and all these traditional, or, I mean, <laughs> all these normal stores. Mm -hmm. But then you turn a corner, and then there's like this little tiny family business and like little wooden shacks and stuff. It's pretty neat. So, anyway, how does Japan meet with your expectations? It's much more humid than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> it's been really hot. Um, I mean, everybody before we left told me that the people would be very friendly and gracious, and that was true. People told me before we left that the food would be delicious, and that's completely true. Uh, people told me before we left that it was very clean, that's pretty true. Yes, they have been very helpful. The very first experience I had uh, after leaving the train station, I jumped in a cab to get to the apartment. And when we pulled up to the right corner, a cab driver didn't know what building it was, and neither did I, because I hadn't been there yet. So rather than just leaving me on the corner, he got out of the cab and he helped me search the next five minutes asking a few different business owners where this building was so I thought that was pretty cool absolutely yeah and it's very and it's very clean you you mentioned that too we Andre and I were at the bus station and we saw she said she saw one leaf fall to the ground and immediately some guy <laughs> popped out of the shadows <laughs> and swept up the leaf. It was one of my favorite memories of Tokyo because it was our it was our first morning there. We got in in the afternoon and spent the night and then we got up in the morning and left and we went to the train station and we kept saying, Man, there's like there's no trash cans anywhere, but there's no litter on the ground either. Like we can't yeah. it's crazy how it's crazy, uh how clean it is here and I was like I wonder how they do this and we stepped off the bus and we climbed down and I see a leaf start to fall from a tree and as it hits the ground a little janitor comes over with a dustpan and a broom and sweeps it up into it and continues walking off and I was like well I guess that's how. Where is it? <laughs> At the train station. Uh, the train station. <laughs> Hi everybody. Hello. Hey. So how would you like it this country? I like it. Joining us now is soonest extraordinaire, who also performed earlier today, Kaori Uno. Yay! Well, you're not going to say Uno Jack. Kaori Uno Jack. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah? I'm tired. Well, yeah, everybody's tired. I know. Yeah. It's been incredible, though. Yeah, it's good, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, the situation, like, you know, air conditioning problem is... Likely we have in the U.S., but, you know, here we go. It's so bizarre because the Japanese are so good at creating things, engineering things, technology and all this stuff. They have the most amazing uh, advanced toilets. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. But when it comes to air conditioning, they have these little, like, space heaters that are air conditioners, and they don't have centralized air. They don't have air conditioning buildings. Yeah. No, I mean... I'm not sure if I'm 
immediately pinpointing my favorite moment, just moments that come to mind. Was the taxi your favorite moment? No, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite moment. It was, it was an example of how helpful it they've been It was all downhill from the first yeah. night. <laughs> there was a lot. Uh, was my, I think my favorite period of time was the day and a half that we spent in Hida Furukawa. And, uh, yeah, so me and Cowdy and Mom and Mike went on a little trip. And the child. And the baby. And we drove up through a national forest. National park. National park. Yeah, where we saw and, the monkeys. And it was really totally kind of a different mountainous area very severe ravines and stuff yeah they were very very steep yeah. but very lush at the same time lush and we got to the visitor center and holy smokes there were some monkeys hanging out we got to see some monkeys nice yeah and then we went to a little town called Shirakawa and the whole town is a world heritage site it's old it's like it's like visiting Amish country and then as soon as the huge touristy crowds showed up, we hit the road, and we went to the next town over, which is called Hida. The whole region is called Hida, so this particular town is called Furukawa. And this was a much, you know, it's a very modern town, but it's very uh, beautiful, and it's not really a touristy place. Like There were no crowds at all, and they did a great job of blending in very modern buildings with yep. all the old stuff. And we saw three temples there, and it just so happens that particular night, the local community was getting together for a yukata fashion show. The yukata is the like summer kimono. So we saw a fashion show at the local temple. With like baked goods. There were, I don't yeah. know, what, like fried pastry or something. It was like a little carnival. Yeah, it was like a little carnival. There was a sort of a folk rock band. That was the part <laughs> yeah. where you guys were dealing with the child, but I got to watch the folk rock band. And um, before that, we wandered into a kebab restaurant. And we got this kebab with heat of beef. The local oh, beef. Dude. Wow. Oh, dude. Excellent. So what is Hida beef? It's delicious. It's, okay. I mean, it's beef that is raised in the Hida prefecture. Okay. So probably more Americans will have heard of Kobe beef, and that's beef that's raised in the Kobe prefecture. Oh. Um, and so, you know, in order to be called Kobe beef or in order to be called Hida beef, not only does it have to be... Um, raised and slaughtered in this particular region, but also it has to be uh, meeting very particular standards of quality. And so it was very tender. Oh, it was very flavorful. Yeah. My mouth waters just thinking about it. And then the next day we went to the next city over called Takayama. And I don't understand the point. Like... Very crowded, lots of tourists. But I don't know why. Like, what's the what's the draw? Why were people going there? <laughs> mushroom Mountain is that what it means? Because Yama is mountain. Yeah. And take is mushroom. No, right? not Take. Oh. Taka. Taka. 
So that's something oh, I different. Don't, I don't know. Was it White Mountain or something? Mushroom Mountain. That would be quite a, quite a tourist draw. <laughs> I was thinking, wow. All right. It's where they invented Super Mario Bros. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess the location was central to a few different mountains and national parks and things. Was there ski area not so far away? There a kebab place? <laughs> um, we did have that. That was where we had the compare and contrast, oh, yeah, like right. the taste test, Australian beef and the Hita beef. That's uh-huh. right. We had this Harrison meal where they served two steaks, one from Australia and one Hita beef. Really? Okay. Yeah, guess which one was which. Yeah, there was no, there was no guessing. There it was, was very clear really. immediately. Oh, wow. yeah. The Australian oh, one was fine, like any other. It was, yeah, it was great. Be, you know, whatever. Huh. But then you have a slice of the Hita beef out here in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was remarkable. And then at that point, that's when I took off to Kyoto, yep. which apparently was about the same time that you guys were in Kyoto. Yeah. Ethan and Andrea and Andrea's father were in Kyoto, and I was in Kyoto, but we were not in Kyoto together. Nope. <laughs> Sadly not. Alas. So Ethan and Andrea, you guys went to Fuji. Yep. And then also, at some point, Kyoto. Is there some other place, too? Osaka. Osaka. Uh, yeah. Spent the day at the aquarium in Osaka and rode the Ferris wheel mm-hmm. in Osaka. One of the world's largest. Yeah. So I know at least one of our regular podcast listeners is going to want to know about the whale shark. There's a whale shark. Two of them at the aquarium. Check it out. <laughs> it's big. Was it big? It's big. Was it neat? It it's was neat. neat. <laughs> was it swimming around? It sure was. <laughs> well, there were two of them, so yeah. They were both swimming around in the aquarium. <laughs> were they making out? <laughs> Not that we saw. Were they being served for lunch? Thankfully, no. <laughs> it is always awkward to me when they when there's like aquariums and then there's seafood restaurants attached to them. I feel like that's really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yep, and this was no exception. Wasn't there seafood at the yeah. restaurant in there? Yeah. Yeah. Seafood in the, in the aquarium restaurant. But the view from there's a little cafe in the aquarium, and it there's this gorgeous view out onto the bay. And um, and you see quite a you see a decent amount of the buildings along the coastline too, and we happened to be there at sunset, and that was gorgeous to take in sunset off of a bay in Tokyo. That was really really pretty. Although I have to say, possibly my favorite memory was sunrise on Fuji. Yeah, climbing Mount Fuji was an adventure. It was an adventure. I don't think my favorite memory was necessarily climbing Mount Fuji, but sunrise on Mount Fuji was incredible. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty iconic right there, because you got, you know, it's the land of the rising sun, so mm-hmm. you got your actual sunrise on Mount Fuji. Right? It was it's amazing. so cliche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so-so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. And now amazing. we're all going home for so, so much for that. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Staples? What's your favorite part? Um, it might it might be sunrise on Fuji actually, um, 
Were there clouds below you? There yeah. were lots of clouds below. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, you didn't really sleep the night before because you get in pretty late and then you, sunrise was 4.30 in the morning. So right. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was pretty much sleep for an hour or two and then wake up and see the sunrise. But, boy. Totally worth it, though. Pretty pretty incredible sunrise. I mean, um, how many hours does it take you to climb Fuji? Us a lot. Yeah. <laughs> are you talking about uh, people the who are athlete. in shape? <laughs> yeah. You're talking about us. It takes us. It took us a really long time, and we take, didn't get we, to the yeah, top. Yeah, we'll never know because we never actually made it to the top. <laughs> we made it to the eighth station, first aid center. Not because we needed first aid, but <laughs> we did make it. Like that, that was far. how far you got. That's yeah. That was how far we got. But it was incredible, even from there. I think we were 2,100 feet or so below the summit. Yeah, we were pretty close. Um, but it was it was amazing, and to to be literally sitting on the side of a mountain. Yeah. Because these little huts that you sleep in are perched on the side, <laughs> hanging off the edge of the uh, off the edge of the mountain with little you know reinforcers oh, below them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a picture of a guy in a sleeping bag on a uh, just a sheet of metal that goes out <laughs> and drops off <laughs> and drops off into nothing it's just taking a nap uh-huh. but so I mean it's it's amazing you're sitting out there and you see the sun start to get higher and higher in the sky and it, it's it's incredible the clouds are all below you and sometimes you see a break in the clouds and you can see down below and it just looks like this sea of like emerald green because of all the trees down below you and you're up above tree line at that point so all around you is just lava rock um but it's an incredible view is it super humid up there it's cool it's not hot like down here let's go (laughs) right now yeah and it's one of those those moments that's kind of poignant and reminds you that Sometimes the best things in life really are the ones that are like the hardest to yeah. to attain because it, it's it's no cakewalk to get up to that point, but it's it's incredible once you're there. What about you, Thomas Kent Heard? Still trying to process it all. Uh, a lot happened in the week that I've been here, uh, but we've done a lot of wandering, which was fun, uh, into some of those different uh, little neighborhoods. Uh, Mike and I went up to the 45th floor of the Tokyo Metropolitan Government Building, I believe. There was an observation deck there, which uh, you can go out and see all of Tokyo, see the gargantuan uh, place that it is, and that was pretty neat. Um, So that was a highlight. And then I think uh, one night when we were out uh, knocking around Harajuku, and we ended up back toward... Wherever that uh, big glitzy shopping street was. Oh, yeah, with the Dior building, right? Yeah, yeah. And we were all getting pretty hungry. Uh, We found this little noodle place right there on the... It was a a story off the street. And it had windows that overlooked the street. And all of us filed in and sat at the bar that faced the window. So we all had really good ramen noodles. And we could look out and see all the locals walking by. So we got uh, local food, which was great. 
and then we got to view the locals, which was great. <laughs> so that was pretty neat. And the locals got to view us. Yeah, I think more than uh, a few of them uh, enjoyed the view. Up, like, oh look, <laughs> look at all those Americans. Gaijin, gaijin. Yeah. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, guys, it's been, like I said before, it's been three years. We've accomplished a hell of a lot, so it feels good to wrap it all up sitting on a balcony on top of a building someplace in Tokyo. Eating Eat, fresh plums? Eating fresh plums from Takayama. Mm -hmm. All right, before we wrap this up, it's time to play one last game of What's oh, on Ken's what iPhone. what is on Ken's iPhone? I've been wanting to play this game for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> there may not be anything on my iPhone at the moment. Oh, no. Why not? Well, I'm not connected to a network. Surely you've got some actual files on your phone. Your gargantuan giant obelisk. <laughs> New product. After they finish rolling out the watch, it's going to be iObelisk. While we're waiting to find out what's on Ken's iPhone, in a few minutes I'm going to go to a cat cafe. I don't know why. Apparently it's one of those things a person does in Tokyo. <laughs> It's because you love cats, though, right? I do get a kick out of kitty cats. <laughs> Call me kitty cat. <laughs> okay, okay, here we go, here we go. <laughs> it's not what you think. Okay, so that was... <laughs> wait, 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 why are we stopping it? <laughs> so that was Weird Al. But wait a minute, we didn't guess yet. We didn't go around and take guesses. So let's see what the next song is on oh. Ken's iPhone. Oh. No, this, is, no. this has been no, the most awkward game of what's on yeah. Ken's iPhone. Let's, we got to do this for real here. All very uncomfortable. All right, so everybody get this. Okay, it's time to play, for real now, what's on Ken's iPhone. The game where Ken pulls out his gargantuan iPhone. And we all gather around and snicker at how big it is. And also we listen to some music. So, let's take a guess. Ethan, what do you think we're going to hear this time? Hmm. Let's see. I'm, I'm feeling an 80s vibe, so I'm thinking Journey. <laughs> Andrea? Uh, well, look, I don't know a lot about his iPhones. Uh, look look uh, deep into his eyes. I'm going to guess <laughs> Look deep uh, into his Al. beard. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Weird Al. <laughs> Uh, Look deep into his eyes. You know, um, <laughs> since we've been at the conference, uh, a fairly medium-high percentage of the new pieces of music that were written by Chinese and Japanese composers had kind of this impressionistic vibe to them. So I bet we're going to hear some Maurice Ravel. Wow. Did you guess? I did not guess yet. I'll guess uh, some horrible thing from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be redundant. Oh, Something from Lord of the Rings. This might even be a little... <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm ashamed to admit I had a yawny face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear it. Yeah. Turn it up. Is 
Gianni 80s? I think it was more 90s. He's 90s, isn't he? Uh, well, I don't know. King of the Rings is kind of close to crap like that. Yeah. I would have to give it to Mike. He came up with uh, impressionistic kind of stuff. Oh, don't don't belittle impressionism like that. <laughs> Yanni. Yeah. Oh, really. <laughs> You've peered into the <laughs> the abyss. <laughs> it couldn't have happened at a more perfect yeah, time. That's a good one. <laughs> In Tokyo when we're all punch drunk. Well, the whole purpose of this podcast was initially to say thanks. Thank you. And now here we are to wrap it all up with another thank you. There's been a lot of outpouring of support and people cheering us on through Facebook and whatever else. So thanks again. This will be the last podcast for a while anyway. We do have uh, no shortage of ideas regarding what we're going to do next. And once we get stuff going... Maybe we'll dust off the old podcast. Oh yeah, you'll you'll be the first to know about it, old podcast listeners. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Forest Music and Barton Kane. By the way, I think Cody performed on a read from Barton Kane. She's not the only one. Oh, I know no, she's too. not. I performed on a read from Barton Kane. Well, there you go. Yes, did I? How was that for an advertisement? Well, to wrap it all up. What music shall we listen to on the way out? I vote for not Yanni. <laughs> I'll second that. <laughs> Says the guy with Yanni on his phone. Oh, I know. How about, of course, the fourth movement of Paul Hansen, appropriately titled Friends. Oh. 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 So, signing off from uh, the middle of Tokyo, this has been the Boulder Bassoon Quartet, and now here's music from Paul Hansen, the sheet music of which, by the way, is now available. Imagine music. Yes, indeed. So this is Friends.